Hello everyone, welcome back to the One Talk podcast. You're here with your host Ryan and we have a great guest on today. It's the pleasure of myself and the One Talk family to introduce Zane Harris. Thank you very much, man. Thanks for having me. All good. Thank you for coming on, man. Um, we just did a breath work session. Mm. I want to ask you, have you done much breath work before? I always fall, you know, in and out with meditation. Yeah. I, I try it a lot. Um, but yeah, just getting that, that routine for me is, is really hard. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's um, like I've got a lot of friends that, that love it and a lot of friends that do it every single day. Um, but yeah, I, I try. I try my best. Yeah, that's it. It's because one of those things that you want to do, but it's just trying to create yeah, the routine. One hundred percent, man. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's, un, it's something I need to do, and I always feel better after I do it too. So yeah, that's it. They feel more grounded. Yeah, like I was up at the um, Wild Horse Mountain the other day with my mate Chris. Went up there just like a sunrise and walk and breath. And then yeah. after it, we opened our eyes and everything was just like bright colors. So <laughs> yeah, good, so, so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually remember the first time, um, Patty he. We went down to the beach after a real stressful run of shows we did and um and we did a meditation. That exact thing happened. We um we sort of got lost in it and yeah, when I opened my eyes everything was so vibrant and yeah and real pretty looking. So yeah. I don't know what that means, but it felt good. I think like surfing would be like meditation for you too, wouldn't it? It is, man. Like and yeah. it's something I, I try and do if the surf's any good. I try and do it every day because yeah, it's it's sort of my my time to just sit back and relax and, and take everything as it is. Yeah, that's it. So when I get to the beach I just feel like super grounded. Yeah. Like yeah, just in definitely. touch with nature. Yeah, it's a bit um at the moment the coast is is a bit busy in the water, but um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but normally it's really really relaxing for me. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, I love just to bring it back a bit, just a bit more of a backstory about yourself, just for the listeners and myself, yeah, and for sure. yeah, we can bring it back a bit and go from there. From the start, man. I um we I grew up on Bribey, as you know. We yeah. uh, went to school together, um and then yeah went through the whole school. I didn't graduate. I um dropped out just before yeah um i went straight into construction work because i didn't really know what the hell else to do so i did that for six years and um yeah been living on the coast for about five years now mm. moved up here and um yeah then then started a band with my best mate yeah nice and, um, and yeah the rest is sort of history yeah that's wicked brother mm. because i remember back in school um obviously with a guitar yeah so that's when your music would start was it from a young age or is it something that you incorporated through school as you got older yeah, it's sort of like I, I started playing drums when I was younger. Um, and then from there, yeah, picked up the guitar because my dad, um, he's, he's a musician and he used to always play guitar and stuff. And so I saw him doing it and I wanted to do it. And then, yeah, as soon as I picked it up, I just couldn't put it down. I remember like, I think it was like grade 10, I first picked up a guitar and yeah, just fell in love. I was playing till, um, I remember my stepdad, I went down to him and I was like, I've got blisters on my fingers. And they reckon that putting kerosene on your fingers <laughs> helped the blisters, but it didn't. It just made my fingers smell like kerosene. Yeah, well. <laughs> but yeah, I've just, um, just fallen in love with, with playing music and, and everything around it. Yeah, did you have many inspirations before you got into playing the guitar, which made you want to learn it? Or was it something you just, you know, you knew the drums and you just wanted to learn another instrument? Yeah, I think I just got over drums. And yeah, um, and yeah I've always, like, growing up, you know, always loved a bit of folk music and the crew like John Butler and Xavier Rudd and that sort of yeah, thing. Xavier. So they all um they all play acoustic guitar. So I thought, why can't I? <laughs> but yeah, so I got sort of stuck stuck right into it. Yeah, nice. I remember when I was younger, I um I always wanted to play an instrument too. Yeah, I mean, parents just knew I was just like making noise. So I was like, I'm playing the drums. So they yeah. pay for drumming lessons. I would just be banging them. I'm like, yeah, this is me. <laughs> I'm a musician now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I used to always listen to that Phil Collins song, and it's like, boom, yeah. boom, boom. And I was like, I want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> why can't we do it? Yeah. That's but yeah, cool. I remember from school, like you used to play with um, Jay Bushby as well yeah. from back then. Yeah, and it's uh, it's super cool because we've done um, 
we've we've flown down and, and played some shows because Jay's living in Tasmania now, mm. and um, we actually we reached out to him like, oh man, do you want to do you want to jump on and, and join us? Yeah, um, for the night, which was so nice because yeah, as you said, we used to play so much music together, and that's sort of mm. where songwriting and stuff. Um, stem from for me anyway yeah and it's, it's already got that good bond too and it resonates oh, on stage too when you see it so pure definitely and that's the thing like it's it's all about sort of being honest you know in an industry that's full of mm. lies and uh <laughs> you know everything competitive industry it's um yeah i think that's one thing we try and do is always just be just be pure and, and try and be as honest as we can 100 percent. because when i think about musicians whether it's rap um singing or whatever it is like there's always all this out there that couple of heat and negativity yeah but i feel like with the dregs you've got such a good bond of with you, the people that who support you as well like it just seems yeah. really natural and no, beautiful and that's that's a you're 100 percent right man like we're we've been so lucky we've never we've had the odd you know here and there mm. people saying some stuff but um apart from that man everyone's just showed us love which is you know we'll be forever grateful for yeah and that's you can't please everyone as no well. and that's <laughs> the thing like and that's that's something that you know my insecurity sort of were, were really bad at the start and Patty was like dude like don't don't worry about what they think like mm. if we were going to play a show and open for a band I'd be like oh we're not going to be good enough we don't have a drummer we don't have this and that yeah. but, and it was really good to have someone like Patty that mm. that sort of have has always believed so so much in the dregs yeah that, you know to pull me out of it and just be like dude don't worry about it yeah 100% because like you learn to swim once you're in the water oh, 100% yeah, yeah and that's and that's such a good saying like it's it's so true yeah. and we we were sort of just thrown in the deep end and I still think we're learning and we're now four years or five years into it. Yeah. And at the start, what also helped you for yourself? Like we're just helping yourself get into that routine of like not being too attached to what other people would be saying. Yeah. It's, it's always been a hard one for me, man. Like, you know, growing up, I, I always had um, some sort of anxiety mm. um, and sort of paranoia about what people would think of me and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, I still struggle with it. Like if someone says something, um, to put us down or put me down, it's still like a yeah. bit hard for me just to brush, but um, mm. it's still learning. Yeah, that's it. It's just yeah. a journey of life, you know, and you just got to find your ways to cope and yeah. mess for it. 100%. And that's like, that's I think a part of growing up and, and learning so much about yourself is, is how to cope with mm. certain situations. Yeah, exactly. You learn more about yourself because I've been reading heaps of books lately. Yeah. And one I um, read recently was The Power of Now by mm -hmm. Eckhart Tolle, and it was amazing because. It's all about bringing your attention to the now yeah. and also about accepting and then act Yeah, because obviously the actions of other people can cause so much within our own head. Yeah. Just being able to try and get the tools in your own head to be yeah. like, all right, look, whatever they're doing, is that's their problem. Mm -hmm. Just got to focus on me and bring yeah. your attention back to me. 100%, man. It's like I still struggle with being present. Mm. Like, you know, all, th all through school I, s I sort of had some sort of anxiety, but I didn't really know what it was. Um, but then – when I left school, I started, you know, working, doing my traineeship and stuff and, um, yeah, just started getting this, this crazy sort of anxiety and I didn't, didn't know where it came from or, or anything like that. And then, um, yeah, I was probably, I remember on my, you know, 21st birthday, all my friends wanted to go out and drink and I, I found myself, I couldn't drink anymore because I was so scared of losing control and I was having you know, two or three panic attacks a day. Um, it got really bad, you know, to a point where, to a point where I couldn't drink tap water because I thought someone was trying to poison me. Yeah. You know, I couldn't eat out because I thought someone was trying to poison me. And I just like, I spent, yeah, from like maybe 21 till 23 till we started the dregs. Um, 
I just lived inside. I couldn't, you know, Bribie, it's a small place. So I yeah. couldn't cross the bridge without having a panic attack because it was my little safe space. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty hard. So it's, I still struggle like to this day with, with being present. It's yeah. something that I still struggle with. Yeah, it's definitely a practice that, yeah. that happens daily as well. It's a whole thing to conquer. I don't think you can conquer it. I think you just do your best you can every day. Seriously. No, yeah. and that's that's so true. And, and some days are so much easier than others. 100%. And do you feel like getting into the bend, like the dregs has somewhat helped anxiety? Or do you think it's kind of just balance it or it's just kind of the same? Because I know with um, with fans and stuff, like nosing on the street, I'm mm. not sure if that is a worry or... No, it was... Like, the, the way we started was we were both pretty bored, you know. Like, it was pretty chill on Bribey. There wasn't yeah. too much to do. And um, and Paddy and myself were introduced. And then um, I just sort of booked us a, a little pub gig at Banksy Beach, yeah, nice. the, um, the Pacific Harbour Golf Club. Oh, wicked. And we had to play for four hours. And we only had known each other for, like, two weeks. Hmm. And um, so, yeah, I think sort of throwing us in the deep end and then us sort of from there just going to play a heap of pubs up the coast and, mm. and a heap of different venues around has has made me get off bribe and it made me get out of my you know little comfort zone that, that i yeah. spent so long in mm. um but yeah now man honestly now like as i said before i still struggle with being present and i still struggle with like you know having down days and that kind of thing but compared to what i was man like it's i can jump on a plane and go play shows in western australia or wherever yeah. like it's it's at a really really good level now which is like so nice yeah and it sounds like you got really good support around you as well in terms of like um paddy as well and obviously um all the other people around you support their family too yeah definitely man it's like it's such an important thing um i've always been lucky with friends like i've always had a good especially through school and stuff i had like all my friends there and Although I don't get to see them as much as I would yeah. like now, I'm you know I'm still there for them and mm. still love them to bits. But it's so important, man. Like my having, um, you know, my mum and my stepdad and my little brother and um, and those sort of crew around me when I was at my worst mm. um, definitely helped me out the other side, man. Because there was, you know, there was times there where I just thought it was it'd just be easier just to end it yeah than to deal with what i was dealing with every day yeah because i can feel so entrapped eh? yeah, and it's i was just trying to i remember trying to explain to mum because like you know she'd never really felt how i was feeling like the full panic attacks and that kind of thing and i was like mum, it's like i'm i'm drowning and everyone else is just swimming along like, yeah it was so it was, it was frustrating to try and you know explain what i was feeling and how i was feeling that's it because a lot of people struggle to speak help not because of the shame behind it because it's so hard to actually yeah. vocalize what you're thinking Seriously. and what's going on in your own mind like myself when i am um, quit all the drugs like the amount of emotion i was feeling i was just like oh my god i can't even explain yeah. what's going on it's just feels like i'm suffering but yeah. i'm trying to like find ways to get better but i think like you said earlier through daily practices you end up just finding your way and yeah. learn how to um just balance everything that's balance is so important shout out to joel because that's all we both did yeah. the place to joel 100 man he um you know Joel and, and, and that crew, there was – Joel got me out of my routine as well. Like I remember going down <laughs> down to his gym. For anyone who doesn't know who Joel is, he owns a gym on Bribie. I lived down the road and I went down to his gym one afternoon and, and um, I hadn't been there since school. And he looked at me and he goes, you look shit. He goes, you look, you look unhealthy. Mm. And it wasn't – I wasn't fat. I wasn't anything. I was just like – I was sick. I was mentally so sick, man. I just didn't leave the house and – it wasn't if it wasn't for Joel pulling me out of my routine and and you know giving me a workout plan, telling me what to eat and that kind of thing, giving me a healthy routine, mm. not this shit routine yeah. that I was stuck in. Um, 
yeah, he, he was a big part of, of my healing, I think. Yeah, definitely. And, and definitely his gym is too, is such a safe space too. Like every time I go in there, I feel like I was going into my second home. Yeah, and, and you got all, you know, your, your gym friends and, yeah. and everyone like that. It's so nice, man. It's so nice to have a space. And, you know, a lot of gyms aren't like that. A yeah, lot of gyms. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's judging everyone, but not there. It's, yeah. it's yeah, great. Because since I moved off Brabby, I've been trying to find like a gym where it's just like like Joel's. But it's hard. I man. try not to compare. But yeah. <laughs> just like, it was so good. It is, it is so good. I, I literally, <laughs> I um when I moved up, I messaged him. I was like, mate, can you just open a gym up the coast? I was yeah. like, because that I've been to so many and I just don't like any of them. Like yeah. I can't, there's no crew or there's no one that runs a gym like you do. Yeah. But yeah, he needs to open more gyms, I think. Yeah. So Joel, this is your calling. <laughs> petition. <laughs> yeah, petition. <laughs> so you started from um, the golf course in Banksia. Yeah. So how did you branch out from there with the dregs? Like what was the next moves? So we, we did, I was working five days a week and then on weekends, you know, we'd play Friday night, Saturday night and then Sunday afternoon. Normally that was our run. So um, like seven days a week yeah, for work. Yeah, it was, man. And it was like... It was just so full on and we're playing for three hours. So we play cover gigs. Mm. So we're playing horses and all that kind of shit. Um, but then we met um, Liz and Brian. They're these these two crew that run um, Solbar, you know, yeah, Richard Solbar, Yeah. They um they sort of said to us like, oh, well, how about instead of you running around like headless jokes, they're like, why don't we do a month-long residency? So we just played it at Solbar every single weekend. And then from there it was sort of like we grew a little following on the coast mm. and then um, – and then, yeah, we just like – she got us in to support another band. And then from there, we are like people coming to watch us. And then, yeah, it, it's been a, a weird one, man. We just like slowly branched out to Brisbane then and then slowly branched out to Sydney. Yeah. And we did like this um, – Patty and I, we, we were so poor. We'd both just been fired from our jobs because mm. we're taking so much time off to go play shows. Yeah. And um, we drove down to Sydney. Like we played the whole way down. It was just like some were cover gigs, some were – we only did one ticketed show. Um, and that was in Sydney itself. And I think we sold like 40 tickets. Oh, wow. And we were frothing. We were like, yeah. oh, this is, we've made it. Um, so on the way back, we sort of got stuck in Byron because we ran out of money. We had literally mum, I remember mum was trying to transfer me money. And because my bank account was in the negatives, mm. she was just paying off my debt. And yeah. I was like, mum, stop, stop trying to help me out. Like it's it's not helping. But yeah, we it, it just stemmed from that, man. Like we did a lot of busking in Byron and mm. That kind of thing, whereas it's cool now, man. We can sort of go everywhere and, and have yeah. a bit of a crew come, which is which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, because uh, when I hear a lot of musicians talk about their come up, mm. when you look back and reflect, they say the grind is one of the best times because yeah. that's where the grassroots is. Hundred percent, man. And I still think I still think we're we're at that point of grinding. Like we, um, even through COVID, we we didn't we was, we couldn't play shows, but we were doing other things. Like we were always so our social media was like we were so present on there we we're doing live shows pretty much every single week and, and that kind of thing whereas whereas you know a lot of other people just sort of were like oh covid will just wait till it ends yeah but yeah i still i still think we're we still have to grind and we're not really where we want to be yet so yeah still got a long road ahead i think yeah i believe yeah <laughs> so but it was um give myself to you was that the first single for the drugs it was yeah. yeah it was the second song we wrote but the first single we released and um yeah, we just we we've been trying to write songs to beat it on our Spotify. Yeah, it just fucking doesn't work. We just <laughs> this one will beat "Give Myself to You," but it just hasn't happened yet. But it's um that that was it's been it's grown so much organically. You know, like no big playlists or no one's yeah nothing like that. It's literally just been like popped up on someone's Spotify, and then they've saved it and showed their friends. It's, it's just shown. been word of mouth, man. Like it's yeah. it's crazy how it works. Yeah, for sure. And what was the build up like for 
writing your first single and then also releasing it as well? Like, was there a big um, feel of pressure for that? I think not really purely because no one knew who we were. Yeah. You know, like we, Patty and I had only known each other for, I think, three months and we went and recorded um, six songs. So we were just sort of writing flat out because we, we had to learn so many covers. We were also writing songs in those afternoons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we went down and we, to Byron Bay and recorded with Geordie Power. He um, he helped us a lot because we had no idea what we were doing and, mm. and he was so patient with us. And yeah, yeah it, it was really cool, man. It was a really cool learning experience and um, and everything like that. It's been it's been such a, a wild ride yeah. so far. It's a journey, yeah. It's yeah, beautiful, it is, man. It's mm. and it's like it. There's been so many highs, so many lows, but um. Yeah, it's, it's been cool. Exactly, because once you know you've got your mindset on the yep. vision and goal, yep. like everything else that happens in ups and downs for it all, no matter what happens, it's just like, all right, it's all meant to happen for a reason. Exactly, and I think, you know, there's we've made mistakes and, and we've done we've been at the right place, right time and that kind of thing. And there's been so many times where we're like, oh, we'll release this song and, and Triple J will just put it us on, you know, mm. rotation or, you know, we'll play a festival and we're like, oh, we've made it, this will be yeah. our thing and, you know, it doesn't happen like that, I don't think. And I don't, th- especially for grassroots. It's a it's a slow come up. Slow and come up, yeah. Hopefully it's a slow come down. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it never come yeah. down. <laughs> time will tell, I guess. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you heard yourself on the radio? Yeah. Um, oh. It was actually Give Myself to You. It, oh. So, yeah, it was super weird. So we, we released it and then sort of forgot about it for a while. And then we released, and oh, it might have been you and me, actually. It was one of them, but um, they played us super late at night. And I remember we were... Patty and myself were sitting out in the driveway it's like 11 30 12 o'clock at night and yeah. um and yeah it came on and we were just so frothing we couldn't believe it it was super strange yeah what a moment eh? it was sick man. like yeah. it's there's there's been so many little tiny wins like that that you know all equate to to the to the big win at yeah. the end hopefully yeah exactly that's the thing that they're the moments that you reflect back on in the future yeah definitely and, and as we said before it's it's all about learning like yeah. we're still learning so much we had no idea that we'd even be able to quit our full-time jobs and mm. just play music or we'd be able to go anywhere and sell tickets to any shows. So Yeah. Yeah, it's been cool. It's yeah. uh, it's really cool. Yeah, nice. Um, back in school too, when you first started learning the guitar, mm-hmm. was your songwriting then too or was that something was, that came later in life? Yeah, I was always trying. Like I was always trying to write songs, but they were just so shit. Yeah. It's just like, what? Maybe, you know, maybe songwriting isn't for me. I just, back then I, I literally just played music to play music. I loved yeah. it. Um. But it, it came later with my struggles, you know, with, with anxiety and, and my depression and all that kind of thing. I think that it was like sort of an outlet for me. Mm. And like, it, yeah, I was always carrying a bit of anger through school for some reason. I don't, yeah. I'm not really too sure. But um, but yeah, it sort of really helped me sort of let go of a lot of things. Because, oh, sorry, with myself, um, with my anxiety as well, like because I journal, but my journaling is songwriting. So yeah. I just do that as a hobby and I love it. Like, because obviously it's fun, it's interactive, but also you're getting everything out of your mind and just unleashing. Exactly. You just, you yeah. just, but sometimes you can't put your thoughts into words, but if you write them down, it comes out easier. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a real strange thing, but um, at the moment where I'm struggling to write a song, like it's, mm. it's really hard. I think, I think because like, the repercussions of COVID. Yeah. Um, we were always trying to book shows through it. We have like been, mm. as I said, like trying to play shows the whole way through and the amount of times we've had to postpone shows and we've booked flights and cars and accommodation and everything and then last minute gets cancelled because of an outbreak or yeah. this and that. I think so many so many highs getting excited and then drops, highs drops. and mm. Creating that writer's block. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. And, and sort of Patty and myself are um, 
trying to look at different ways to write songs and stuff now as well. Yeah, 100%, because I found that with myself and my writing, it's just like the more experiences I have, the more easy I can flow with exactly. it. Exactly. But like with COVID app and I get isolated, it's like, oh, I've got nothing to Literally, write about. And it's yeah. like, it just feels forced. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you can't write about sitting in your lounge room the whole time. <laughs> Watching boring the song. Yeah, <laughs> Literally. But now, because when I started listening, when I f- first heard Give Myself to You, mm. and then I started hearing you and me and all these other songs come out, I was just like, the songwriting's so good. Mm. Like, it's not just any random radio song put together and it's just catchy. Like, yeah. there's actual depth to the lyrics and it's, like, you actually feel the experiences getting spoke about. Yeah, well, definitely, man. Like, as, as I said before, it's we try and be as honest as we can. And I think that could be why we are struggling to write songs at the moment is because not much is happening. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, we, we're big advocates for mental health, as you as you mm. probably know, and we we play a, a certain song. It's, it's Paddy's song for his brother. Um, called Simple Question. We played it every single show, even if um, you know, people just want to dance and have fun. We always yeah. try and bring it down and just spread awareness, man. Like especially, there's so many people out there that are struggling, yeah, and um, and won't talk about it, like myself. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, like just having the voice for someone else gives them permission to speak about it as well. Yeah, we we always say you know it'd be a waste of our position mm. if we weren't to talk about it because you know who else yeah. will sort of thing. So. Exactly, especially as being. <clears throat> Sorry, especially as being musicians too, because myself growing up, my influence was Cursor because mm. I was going through so much. Me shit too, man. Like, I yeah, love Cursor. Cursor's <laughs> my man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like him, hearing him nonstop, like every song, mm. just pouring his heart out. Yeah, felt like it gave me the permission to do the exact same exactly. and open up and speak. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember. I'll tell you a little story. I went to a Cursor concert a few years ago. Mm. And he rips his shit off, throws in the crowd. And I remember I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, that's mine. <laughs> I started sprinting, go over. I remember I was specky someone, sh- um, my knee in between his shoulder blades, got the shirt and it's like hanging up in my room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I brought him back. That's that's yeah. classic. I'm pretty sure he's still playing shows and stuff as well. Eh? Like, yeah. He's still so relevant. Yeah. And like without all the mainstream media and that sort of getting behind him because he is so, so different to the usual, you know, yeah. like I think he's. I used to love him, man. I, I used to love Cursor. Yeah. He was my guy. Yeah, Cursor, he's got that real cult following behind him He does. Him too. No, and that's yeah. that's the most important thing is having like a – cultivating a, a good following. Yeah. You know, not just a, not just a passive one. Having yeah. an active one is like, such an important thing. Like ride or die type stuff. Literally, yeah, man. Like, like stands. <laughs> man, we, we have people message us being like, hey, I've seen you guys n- nine times this year. Mm. Like, oh, actually last weekend we were down in Coffs Harbour and um, we had a crew that saw us first play in like 2019 at Woodford Folk Festival. Yeah. And um, they drove down six hours or seven hours down to Coffs to, mm. to watch us play down there, you know? Like, and it's it's people like that that help us yeah, you know, keep going and, and that kind of thing. So I remember when I went to, um, I was at Night, night Quarter mm-hmm. in Sunny Coast. I remember I went there and um, there's a dude at the door because I was just there for, I believe it was my and my missus anniversary. Yeah. So we're just up the coast the weekend. So we're going to go to Night Quarter to get a feed. And um, they do the doors, like, you come to see Dregs? Are they Dregs? And then we end up going in, I came in, and I was like, holy shit, (laughs) this is, like, different. Like, it was amazing to see so much support, and, like, it was just moving, yeah. And that was was a big um, big risk for us, because that was fresh out of everything opening back up. And we'd we'd finished, we started COVID, sorry, two years ago, just playing, um, just selling at Soul Bar. Mm. And then... Um, you know, because night quarter was 1,200 people. Yeah. And for us to sort of jump so drastically was a big risk. Like it was yeah. a huge risk, but it paid off and we, we sold out the night. And, yeah, it'll be a night I'll never forget. It was so much fun. Yeah, that was amazing. Mm. And now do you guys like um, – do you have a good balance with, you know, when you want to go out and tour? Like I know it's, it's tough now with like COVID mm. and stuff, but you have like an idea like I want to break for this long, then I want to do this for this long. Yeah, well, it's good because we've got – so we've got a booking agent. We're yeah. still – 
um, fully independent. Mm. But we've got a booking agent and he just sort of hits us up like, hey, what do you want to do here? What do you want to do there? Um, it's Yeah, we're look, this year we're sort of just going to get stuck in and, and tour a fair bit just because we were stuck for so long. Yeah. Just because we couldn't. Um, but, yeah, I think the plan for this year is sort of just to get after it a bit and then chill out towards the end of the year. Yeah, nice. Um, what's it... What's the feeling like up there on stage? It's different, man, with yeah. with every show. You know, like two probably two months ago we played in um in Melbourne and we'd just we told we'd sold out so we were supposed to play at this venue. It's it's called the corner. Mm. And um at the time it was still COVID restrictions, so we're like, Oh, we'll play two shows at, at three hundred people, I think it was. Mm. And I'm like, Yeah, we'll be able to do that in Melbourne, that should be no worries and then um like two weeks before we got down there, um, everything opened back up. So then we had to sell two shows at 750 people each. Yeah. So we're like, holy shit, I don't know if we'll do that many tickets. And and we ended up doing it. But it was, um, yeah, I I'd actually had a panic attack before the second show. Mm. Don't know why, just just one of those things. And it was like my first panic attack in probably, um, probably close to two years. Mm. And it, it always hits me the hardest. Yeah. But um, but something that so I still went up and played like I was still like when I when I have my panic attacks I get really dizzy and disorientated and feel just like out of it. Yeah. And um, I remember the thing that pulled me out was like I was scanning the room, like sort of playing in the days, and then I was making like I made eye contact with like a couple people that were just like so happy to be there, mm. so happy to be there watching, and you could just see like how frothing they were, yeah. and I was like, oh, what am I doing? Like, mm. get out of your head and be present and just be here, mm. and which was like. Yeah, and every show's different. Sometimes, you know, for the bigger shows, I won't even be nervous, and then um, for the tiny shows, I'll be really nervous. But it's yeah. it's it's such a beautiful thing, man. I wouldn't. <laughs> I remember calling mum and being like, "Mum, I'm freaking out. What's going on?" And she's like, "Well, do you do you think playing music is for you?" And I was like, "Well, I wouldn't. Mm. I I wouldn't do anything else. Yeah, like this is it for me. Like mm. I can deal with whatever gets thrown at me, you know. But um." Yeah, it's it's a funny thing. It's yeah. it's a, such a love hate thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love being at home, but I also love touring and and playing shows as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And do you feel like by doing the shows and playing the guitar and getting up on stage and everything that you do, do you find it meditating in the sense like when you have your guitar in your hands, like is that meditating for you? Man, it's 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 a really s surreal, bizarre thing because I'll be even if I'm super nervous normally before a show, as soon as I'm holding my guitar, all nerves are out the window. Hmm. As soon as I'm up on stage and we play the first couple chords and we hear. You know, people stoked to be there. Yeah. It's um, the anxiety just leaves. It it's a really weird sort of feeling. Yeah, it's like that build up for an event. You know, like you always expect the worst, and they can get in your head. And then when you get there, and then you get in the moment, it's like, oh, okay, it's actually better yeah. than I anticipated. Oh man, and, and I'm the worst for that. Like mm. that, where yeah, we've got a lot booked in in the future, and I'm already freaking out about it because what if this happens? What if that happens? But if I guarantee we go and do it, it'll be fully fine. <laughs> yeah. It's so awesome that you're so open about it too because, like I said earlier, you being open just gives other people permission to be the same as well. I feel I feel you have to be, you know. Like my my little brother, um, he struggles a lot with um, – he's, he's slowly getting better, but he struggles a lot with, um, you know, depression and he's paranoia and anxiety. Pretty much the same thing, but I think he was like a lot worse than, than sort of what I was. Um, but I just sort of said to him, he, he never spoke about it. And I just said to him, it's so important to, you know, don't just snap at mum and dad. Mm. Don't just get angry. Just like, just tell them, hey, I'm just having a shit day. Hey, I'm having one of my days. Just let me, mm. let me be. But it's so important to talk about it, man. Otherwise it'll, um, it'll just, as it did for me, man, one, one afternoon, uh, I can't remember when it was, but I had my own, my own place and stuff on Bribie and, um, 
I remember I oh I took James Hitch, our friend. Oh yeah. I took him to the Bom- airport. Yeah, true. Oh me. So I took him to the airport because he was moving back to England. And on the way home I had the worst panic attack I'd had. Like I'd mm. my my arms had fully tensed up. I couldn't open my fist. I was vomiting. It was like it was really bad. And um I remember I got home from that and I was just so drained and I remember calling my partner at the time. Um and I just said, you know, this is I can't do this anymore. Mm. I I was so done with it. And I just think, you know, talking about it and being open, you know, even with her, because I didn't, I didn't know what I was feeling. Mm. I just knew I was feeling something. And yeah, I, th- yeah. I actually thought I was going crazy. Yeah. Like I, I thought no one else felt like I did. I, th- I was talking to myself, you know, in my head. Yeah, yeah. I had that head voice and he wasn't a nice one and it was so powerful. Like, yeah, it's, it's the thing that pulled me right out of it was going to see a therapist. Mm. And just for, just for my, thera- my therapist at the time, just to be like, hey, you just have anxiety. It's really bad, but yeah. you have anxiety. Like it is such a normal thing. Everyone has anxiety. It's just the depth that varies. Yeah. And just hearing that mm. was just like, I remember riding my push bike home and I was just like, I was so happy. I felt like this massive weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I was just carrying around for so many years. Yeah. And it's good to know, like when you do see a psychologist or a therapist and them to tell you, look, this is what you've got. Yeah. This is coping strategies. Like mm-hmm. you can get a hold of this and you can balance this and you can have your moments, you can have your bad moments, yeah. but Overall, this is what it is. It can be such a relief because then you're like, holy fuck, I'm not the only one <laughs> struggling and <laughs> I am not the yeah. only one going through this because I know when I was battling depression, I was like, it's just me here yeah. by myself. I'm like, no one understands. No, mm. no what's the point in talking because no one gets it. Yeah. And I remember, I, don't, I you know, that stigma is still around, but it's, it's, I think it's getting better. Yeah. I but know. I was always like, I don't want to. All my mates were like, oh, come out, let's go. Yeah. Get on the beers, go to the pub. And I just couldn't. I couldn't go in public yeah it was it was really bad for a bit there i just yeah. fully lost myself with hmm. within my head yeah it's such a strange thing like it's a, it's not a it's not a good place to feel like you're stuck is yeah. your own head yeah, exactly <laughs> it's and a weird thing trust though. the people around you though speaking to you because yeah. when my anxiety was really bad it got to the point you know bill could do yeah so it got to the point they'll come around my house every day and I'll be in my room shaking because I couldn't leave my room. And Pom was the same with me. Yeah, and then Bill would just come in the room, like come on the balcony and have a coffee and just get me out out the room just talking Helps, consistently. Yeah. And over a certain period of time, I was able to open up, speak about what I'm going through and then get their help. But yeah, yeah trust the people around you. Because Definitely. And I, and I think it's it's also so important to, you know, the, the people that say you know someone that's struggling, you don't know what to say to them. Sometimes it's just good just to listen to them or just – genuinely just ask if you're okay like yeah. it's such a it's such a simple thing and, and we you know we, we talk about it a lot but it, it is i remember trying to explain to mum because mum was like oh you just don't worry about it that's mum's thing she's always been like she's rough as i <laughs> love you mum um she's always like i oh, just don't worry about it just don't worry about it and i remember saying to mum like mum it's not you know it's not not a point of just not worrying about it it's mm-hmm. like it's consuming me like it's oh, i was in tears i remember just bawling my eyes out to her and be like mum i'm i feel like mm-hmm. I'm going to die every waking moment, you know, like yeah. a, someone's out to get me, someone's out to get me sort of thing. I sort of really lost the plot for a bit there. Yeah, because a lot of people don't want to be fixed either. They just want someone to understand exactly. and listen and be there. Well, that's the thing. Like if you if you talk to someone about your problems and, and they have genuinely no idea and they try and pretend they've got an idea, sometimes that's worse. Yeah. Just listen. Just like, I think that's it. And that's what I do with my, my little brother, Noah. I um, 
you know, if he, he calls me a lot and, and we talk every single day, but if he's if he's having a bad day, I don't try and tell him what he yeah. should do and what he shouldn't do. I, I just listen, just mm. tell him it's going to be all right because sometimes that's all you need to hear. Yeah, exactly. you got to get uh, your analytic brain exactly. sometimes and just get into your feminine and just yeah. listen and oh, emotional. Yeah. Definitely. And that's like, you know, always been the big brother as well. I've always wanted to just fix his problems. Yeah. You know, I'll fix that. I'll be right. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I think he'll be he'll be right. I'll, yeah. I'm just there for him and, and he knows he's got a good support group and stuff like that. Mm, that's awesome. That's kind of like the blessing in the scars for your own struggle, you know, mm, like with definitely. yourself and yourself as well. Like the blessing in the scars for your own struggle is that you can bless people with the lessons that you've learned from yourself and pass it on to the next. 100% man. So they don't make the same mistake as, you know, what we did. You know, yeah. Dealing with our own problems. Like I think I, I dealt with it by myself in my own head for six years. Mm. And it's just like ridiculous. I don't know why the hell I did that. Yeah. You know, I was just always, I was always miserable. I was always angry, snapping and people would be like, I'd be at my, um, my ex-partner's house and, and she'd be like, oh, come out and have dinner. All my brothers are here. And I'd be like, oh, I'm just tired. And yeah. But I'd be in bed shaking. Yeah. You know, like dizzy, disorientated. I'm like, I'm going crazy. I can't tell anyone about this. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's an important thing to just be open about it. Yeah. And at that time, did you have anything much that did get you out of that and just was able to be like, my mind's free, like surfing, gym? Yeah. It, I don't know, man. It was such a, it was a strange one for me. Like it stemmed from, I didn't know, but it stemmed from a bit of trauma I went through as a kid. Mm. Um, and I sort of like, and that's what I said before, you know, I, I carried anger around through school and stuff, yeah. um, not knowing why. But yeah, it, it actually, my the therapist dug so deep into my brain um, and just literally just was like, oh, so that's why you're feeling like that. And yeah, just, just hearing her sort of just say, you got anxiety, mm. you, you got the odd depression, you know, like not, not too much, but it just helps so much like her identifying what the hell it was. Yeah, exactly. Going on. Because most of the things that we go through now as well, most of it does stem back from childhood because Definitely. it's all about conditioned beliefs yeah. and things like that. And that limits us as and our potential in the future because we're still stuck in that certain thing. Exactly, man. And I, and I still struggle to this day mm. with it, you know, like um, I don't know if you want me to go all doom and gloom, but I can I can talk about it if... Yeah, it's up to you. Whatever you're comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, well, it's... um. So it, my mum and my dad split up when I was two mm. and um, mum now married my stepdad, Paul. He's one of the biggest role models in my life. He's um, I love him to bits and, and same for mum. I wouldn't be where I am without both of them. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, my dad married his now ex-wife, but it was um, my stepmom mm. at the time. And um, she was just, I think she had a, a bit of d bipolar and, and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I used to go up to dad's as a young kid and, and she she didn't like me because I was my mum's son. You know, yeah. I wasn't hers. Um, and there was times where, you know, she'd, she'd tell, she used to always tell me that she's going to kill me and mum. That was what I was told ever since I was like four years old. Yeah. And there was times there where, you know, she she held me under the water in the bath and then, you know, I'd come up and then she'd tell me that's what, how she's going to get rid of me and mum. And mm. it got, it got really bad, man. Like for, for so long. And I'd only go on there. I'd only go up there at school holidays, yeah. you know, like, and I just thought I didn't tell anyone about it. Cause I thought, Oh, that's just what happens at dad's house. Like it, it's something I can deal with. And in the end, like dad was having to sleep with me with his arm, like over me up against the wall on a mattress on the floor. Cause he was so worried she was going to, you know, do something to me. And, and dad at the time, he um, he was doing his best. He had two young kids with her, so he couldn't really, he felt like he couldn't really, you know, go anywhere. But, mm. man, it was it was pretty nuts for a bit there. Like I, I saw him get stabbed by her and yeah, well. and that kind of thing. And, and yeah, 
as I said, even even up until I was like sixteen, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, it just happens at dads. Yeah. You know, that's just something that that goes on, and mm. it's something that it it still like us. That's where I, that, that's where I think the the whole someone's out to get me stems from, and the feeling of drowning yeah. when you get anxiety exactly, and stuff. Man. Yeah, and, that, and that, it all stems from that, and which is um, which is a nuts thing because like, you know, I always thought, oh, who cares? Mm. Happened when I was young, let yeah. it go. But it's just something that you know I still struggle, yeah. struggle with. Yeah, it's just that. So it's just that daily practice that comes into place from there on. Exactly, man. And, and as you said before, like getting out surfing, mm. I'm pretty lucky now with with music. We only play pretty much like on weekends, so mm. I've got all week to surf and yeah. and chill out and yeah, just just spend time with myself, which is a really nice thing. Yeah, it's important to have time with yourself as well, man. It's something that I'd never, I'd never understood. Mm. Like, and and Patty is such such the opposite he if he can be by himself he will be like he <laughs> loves his own space and i've just like i've always looked up to him in that aspect too i'm like oh mm. i wish i was like that yeah. oh you know i wish i could just be so content with myself which i'm getting there like mm. i can actually i love now going out for brekkies by myself yeah. or you know i can do anything by myself now which is a which is a huge thing that's yeah. awesome enjoy so your own company exactly yeah. and it's like it sucks when you hate yourself <laughs> you know like <laughs> so it's so nice to be able to go out for breakfast by myself and yeah, just be in my own head, like, and yeah. it's nice. It's a nice place to be. Yeah, it's meditation as well. Just doing that, hundred percent. Yeah. Do you know much about the um, Theta Brainwave State? No. So I'll, I'll tell you, but I'll tell our listeners here as well. So, what <clears throat> from your story told us before, from the age, the day you're born to the age of seven, our brain is in the Theta Brainwave State. Right. So that means when we're in the Theta Brainwave State, we acquire the knowledge and we retain it. I think it's like, I forget the exact number, so I don't want to butcher it, but you retain the information a lot more. Then from the day you're born to the age of seven, that's what conditions your beliefs growing up. Yeah, right. And then also you probably know about um, before you go to sleep, you probably feel more creative or you retain information mm-hmm. more because yeah. your brain's in that same feather brainwave state. So <clears throat> the reason I'm mentioning this, if you're a parent and you've got a child, be careful of the information you're feeding them. Be careful of how you're acting around them, what role models you're putting around them because in that young age, that conditions them for their upbringing. Yeah, and 100%. Like in... Yeah, it's it's something that like it's a huge lesson that I learned. Like I know that, yeah, I, I I've learned so much even the past, you know, my adult years. Mm. To I'm still trying to let go. Yeah, of um of everything and and as you said just then, it makes so much sense to me. Yeah, that, as to why you know I was still carrying around that anger and mm. and that kind of thing from when I was you know four till maybe twelve. Yeah, but yeah, it's you know it came out in some some ugly ways when I was younger. Um, just treating people shit and that kind of thing, and I, I had no idea why I was doing it. I didn't like that I was doing it, but it wasn't intentionally. No, it wasn't, yeah. and that's that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, I, used, I was just a little shithead. I was so angry, mm. angry at the world for no reason, and and it's um it's crazy because you know my home life with with mum and and my stepdad, mm. dad pretty much. He's been yeah. been my dad since I was two. So yeah, is is was so great, and um yeah, just that little tiny part fucked me up for so long. Yeah, it's crazy. 100% because I work with the youth now and that's like I try and be a mentor in that sense of to try and make sure that there is a good role model just around them. Like yeah. most of them, some of them do have good families and stuff, but just being able to give them like little pieces of information here and there, like stuff that I didn't grow up with because yeah. I didn't know what depression or anxiety was till I was about 18 mm-hmm. when I first saw a therapist. And then when I found that 18, I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, yeah, this is strange. <laughs> Literally, yeah, yeah, no, 100%. So like now when I work with the youth, like I chuck them little tips and strategies, try awesome. running through breath work and things like that because you try to set them up for when they do start feeling the feelings that I felt or yourself felt that yeah. you can start grabbing the tools early on. Exactly. And I think that's such an important thing because I, um, 
you know, personally, I, I just dealt with it the shittest way possible, mm. you know, just locked myself away and yeah, it's, it's, I think like what you're doing, man, is great. And I've, I've been keeping up to date with everything you yeah. do. And I, I think, yeah, you're doing really good things. Man. Yeah. I saw you wearing my shirt on stage yeah. one night. I like yeah. nearly teared up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, I got both the shirts, I think in both colors as well. So yeah. And I had heaps of people hitting me up for orders awesome. from it too. Yeah. That's and good, heaps of people saying they love this shirt and I was like, that's awesome. Well, it's sick. Like I will always wear it. Like I've, they're the two shirts I wear a lot and, um, every single time I wear it, someone will, someone will say, oh, I love that shirt. Where'd you yeah. Like, it's so cool, man. Like the, you know, the numbers on the back is so important to know. Yeah. For someone like, imagine if me or you called when we were 17. Mm, exactly. You know, and yeah. just someone was like, oh, yeah, dude, like, it's, it'll, it'll be all right. Like, yeah. you're going to be okay. So I always go down to, like, the market, especially in Redcliffe and stuff, and people do see the numbers on the back, yeah. and they go, oh, nice shirt, and just, like, tap me on the shoulder, yeah. just like like a, a thank you or a gesture or something. But it's, like, it's little things like that you can put out in the world that doesn't really take much effort, but you can make an impact on so many people. 100%, man, and it's, yeah, as I said before, you're doing – you're doing great things here with the podcast and and with with your Instagram as well. Yeah, thank I you, bro. Today, yeah, appreciate that heaps. So with the Drakes now, and mm-hmm. um, what's the plans for this year? Just more music, more. Yeah, we tours. got um. So we're supposed to release an EP, um, but we got hit up by a record label. They wanted to sign us, and they um they wanted to take all of our money and not give us anything, and yeah. that old chestnut. Um, so we we're going to release an EP through them, mm. um, but we we ended up turning it down. Like, oh, being independent is good because we still have so much control. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, we, I think we had six songs, which we still have six songs fully, um, fully ready to release. But we're just trying to. I think the plan is now we're gonna we're gonna aim for an album to yeah. sort of solidify where we're at. Because man, we've been we've been at it for four years and we've only got like thirteen songs on Spotify, mm. which is you know a testament to our crew that follow yeah. us around. Is they're like. They still come to every single show. Like. Beautiful thing about the Dregs music too, the playback value of it mm. is massive. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like a song that just burns out after yeah. like 20 times listening to it. The playback value is just it's amazing. I think it because the lyrics are so great in the song yeah. too is what makes it like that. Yeah, we as I, you know, we touched on before, we try and touch. Mm. You know, we focus so hard on yeah. trying to write real stuff, not mm. just write about. Yeah. You know, we were so stubborn for a while there to write love songs because like everyone else was fucking writing love songs. Yeah. But um, I think we've got like six of them now, <laughs> so that didn't really work out for us. But um, but yeah, it's good, man. Like, yeah, we're grateful. So I remember the first time I heard um, Xavier Rudd's Spirit Bird. Mm. And I was just like, I have that on repeat all the time yeah. now. It's like one of my meditation songs. It's beautiful. It's, just, it's beautiful. Like the storytelling in it, the lyrics as well. Like he's he's an amazing artist. And just like, man, he's like I think he's like thirty seven, mm. and he's still like headlining festivals and. Yeah. Going over to Europe and playing heaps of shows, and I think that's a testament to to who he is. And as yeah. you said before, his lyrics, so many people obviously relate to him. Yeah. And he was around in the times before social media and, mm. and all that thing as well. But the, that's that's been the coolest thing about our career is meeting so many other amazing musicians. And, and everyone does it different. Like, yeah. it's, it's so different for everyone. It's such a hard, weird little industry. Yeah, everyone has their own way. Because there's so many pers- different personalities trying to achieve the one goal. Yeah. So obviously everyone's going to have their own road, their own journey. Exactly. And everyone peaks at a different time. And I remember like one of our friends um, was really successful with music. And, and I said to him, I was like, what, what did it? Mm. And he said, man, if I told you and you did it that exact way, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Like he's like, you guys just keep doing what you're doing sort of thing. Stay true to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, and that's that's sort of what, that was actually one thing he said is like, you know, I've seen so many people start music around the same time as me, but then sort of just drop off because they just write about shit. Yeah. Really, you know, like, and yeah, if, if you just stay true and believe in what you're doing, 
yeah, write about real things, I think, is such an important thing. Yeah. Have you guys done much collaboration with other artists? Or is that something in the future you want to do? Yeah, we're actually um, – we went up for a surf today and, and on the drive back we are sort of just touching on maybe like – we've got some friends doing it and stuff as well. We were, um, we were hit up a little while ago to um, to, to collab, but we didn't really think we were in that that sort of, um, you know, point in our, in our career yet. But it's um, – yeah, it's such, a, it's such a funny thing, songwriting, because – if you're not writing with the same person, you'll never get a song, yeah. you know, and you can't force it. Like it's, it's either something that's like, we haven't written a song in I think like probably six months, like yeah. a good six months. And it's just been purely because we don't want to force it. We don't want to force out a song just to get a song out. Yeah. And it's like, it's frustrating a lot of people because they're like, when the hell are you going to bring out, you know, new music? But it's like, we, we want to be proud of what we bring out. We don't just want yeah. to bring out sort of anything. I think that builds a bit of anticipation too. So people yeah. get excited when the new song comes. Yeah. Like, it's coming. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's the thing. We try and hype everyone up, um, you know, especially still being independent. We don't have big labels and stuff with with big budgets for PR and stuff. We do all of that ourselves. So it's um yeah it's something we try and hype everyone up and get everyone to tag their friends and, yeah. <laughs> and do it like that. Because when the new song came out this year, the Forest song, yeah. Yeah, 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 the Forest song. When I listened to that, I was like, yeah, like it's worth the wait when yeah. it's quality music. Well, and that's the thing. Like it's it's such a funny one because Patty and myself we're so hard on ourselves. We'll record a song and then we won't release it and then we'll never release it. Mm. You know, and the Forest song is a song where we just sat on for ages. Like, oh, do we release it? Do we not? Is it good enough? Is yeah. it not? But we just like ended up you know pulling the trigger and just being like, oh. People like it, they like it, and it's been like it's probably one of the funnest songs to play live because yeah. people just love getting love it. To it. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever feel like when you write um, a song and then like you put it to the side and you start making a new song? Do you feel like that song that you made before that you don't want to release because yeah. you're like I've gotten better now? Hundred percent on the next song. I think that's half the problem. Is like yeah. <laughs> me and Patty were always like this song's so much better than Give Myself to You. You know, like why does it, why doesn't people love it as much? But I think it's um it's the sentimental value to a lot yeah. of people and, and like give myself to use a song that people first heard of us, mm. you know, they're the, that was the first song. That was the first impression they ever got of the dregs. So it's yeah. always a song that they keep going back to, but you're exactly right, man. Mm. Like I think it's important as a, as a person and an artist to just consistently grow, mm. not like, not do anything outrageous, but um, yeah. But yeah, always grow on what you do, man. Get better at what you do. That's it, growth. Yeah, because the growth is endless, no matter how big you get or 100%. how good you get. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. It's it's a cool thing because it's like who knows, in ten years time, what the hell we'll be doing or what kind of music we'll be playing. Yeah, um, I hope we're still playing music. <laughs> time will tell. I'm probably <laughs> concreting <too>. again or <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, time will tell, I guess. So, do you tap into many other genres of music as well? Yeah. So when we first started, we um we wanted to be because Ocean Alley were that was when they were sort of just starting to blow up. So me and Patty were like, oh yeah, we'll be Ocean Alley. Mm -hmm. And so we wrote these two reggae songs that we um we released onto Spotify and iTunes and everything, and ended up I think like four years ago we took them down, mm. and you know we haven't we haven't fully explained to people sort of why we did that, but you know the reason we did that is because if you were to go onto our Spotify and press shuffle. And a reggae song comes on, yeah. and then a folk come, song comes on next. You're like, sort of, what the, yeah, what the hell? But yeah, so in early days, obviously, we were still trying to find our sound and stuff. So we wrote the two reggae songs and then got rid of them. And then um, we just released a song not long ago, "Your Love," and it's sort of like a, just like a, I don't know, like a surf folk song. Yeah, nice. So we're sort of like, we're going to be constantly playing with different genres and, and that kind of thing. Like we've got some like really somber like ballad songs yeah, coming up. Love and ballad. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's the awesome. thing, man. I think. Patty and I are sort of like, why just, why solidify us in mm. just folk music? Yeah. You know, when there's, 
Yeah, we like all kinds of music. I think yeah. that's that's so important too. You know, like we listen to so many different artists. Hundred percent. I think that's where the longevity will come in by branching yeah. out and just experimenting with things. That's the thing. No one wants to hear the same shit. Yeah, like everyone gets sick of it, and uh, yeah, and that comes down to growth and stuff as well. I think is you're constantly growing and evolving within music and as a person. So mm. it's gonna be, it'd be impossible to play the same music. All yeah, because one of my favorite artists today is Tory Lanez. Mm-hmm. He's releasing an A album. Yeah, sick. it's just yeah, like 2022, and he released an A album. And I was just like, this is insane. Like his yeah. vocals are just yeah. <laughs> and that's it's such a it's such a funny thing because you know there's artists like you know the Teskey Brothers. Mm. And Leon Bridges and that that sort of crew, and they're they're really, as you said, they're releasing songs that are like, you know, that they would have been around in like the seventies, mm. and they're they're huge, but yeah. no mainstream radio will play them. Mm. But it doesn't matter because they got that you know cult following, cult following, and yeah. they've they've just ventured out into a genre that's not really around anymore. Yeah, and it's, I take my hat off to them. I think it's awesome. Yeah, same because like Tory Lanez is a rapper. Yeah, and he's releasing like an R and B album. He's releasing the eighties album. He's releasing like. He has this album called Chicks Tape, so it's like all the best <laughs> songs from early 2000s and he remixes them. And How it's good. Just, yeah, he's such a diverse artist. And I think it's it's so important to be versatile. Mm-hmm. And you look at like one of my, you know, favourite rappers ever is Tyler Creator. Oh, nice, yeah. And man, if you put his songs on shuffle, every single song is so yeah. vastly different, but you can still tell it's him. Yeah, I think exactly. it's, it's important to be versatile. Everyone will get bored, mm-hmm. you know, if you're just doing the same shit. Yeah, exactly. Was one of the reggae songs, was that... Um, Ocean, yeah, ocean, yeah. And ocean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that song Man, as well. We um, <laughs> we wrote that. We were we were up the beach. I remember me and me and Patty drove up Bribey Beach. Mm. I had a full drive at the time, and we um, we thought, oh, this is it for us. This is going <laughs> to be the best song ever. And yeah, we listened back to it, and we're like, oh, like don't get me wrong, mm. it's it was still uh, how we felt at the time, and yeah. we, we wanted to be storytellers, so we were telling a story. Mm. But yeah, we just we just felt a bit funny, like someone. Pressing shuffle on our on our stuff and then yeah. like you want to build a, a foundation reggae. first. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to we wanted to create a sound, man. Like yeah. the dreg sound, you know. Like so, when when you start to hear a song, you're like, oh, this is you know, this yeah. is them. But yeah, I think as I said before, we got a long way to go and we're still learning. So yeah, exactly. That's so true, though. Like you said, like you build that foundation sound. So when people just hear the noise or like the mm. first part of the song, like oh, this must be the dreg exactly. sound that kicks in. Man, it's so important to and like in an industry where. You know, there's so many musicians. Mm. There is like, even on the Sunshine Coast, it's yeah. like, it's there is so many f- musicians. You have to have your own something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like your own sound, whether it be, yeah, I don't you know. You have your own line. Exactly, man. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. You don't want to, you don't want to merge into anyone else's either. No, because if in your own line, there's no traffic. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you're not going to get in, you're not going to get sued for anything then. Yeah, exactly. But that Ocean song, I remember because that song came out around the time I was on my cruise. Yeah. And then we went out to Vanuatu and that was just like my anthem Sick. for the cruise because yeah. it came out and I was just blasting it and I was like, yeah, this is dope. But nah, and that's the thing, man. Yeah. Like we, when we recorded that song, um, it was around the same time we were recording Give Myself to You and, and yeah, Feel man. Alive and all the, all the older songs and, and it. Yeah, it was such a time for us to to go down to an actual real studio and mm. record our music. You yeah. know, it was it was such a surreal thing, and um, yeah, it's something I'll I'll never forget. Did you guys start off with um, recording in studios, or was something that gradually built up when you got more opportunities? No, nah, we so we literally by doing pub gigs, mm. we saved up enough money to go record six songs down, yeah. and that's what we just said. We're like, look, the sooner we get, because we we started older, like we were yeah. twenty twenty two, I think, when we started twenty three, maybe. We don't have much time, so we're like, yeah. we're just going to get stuck in, go record, see how it turns out. Mm. Um, and I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. Thank God for Geordie Power. Like he, yeah. he sort of got us in there and was like, "Boys, okay, you need to. 
this is what you need to do. Like your songs are so vast and so yeah. weird at the moment. <laughs> sort of like keyhole them a bit. Like yeah. just put them into so they flow as yeah. such. And he showed us what to do and how to do it. And it's good to have that third person there, just having like an eagle eye view over everything that you guys and, are doing. And he, you know, he'd recorded some of Angus and Julia Stone's biggest stuff. He followed, yeah, well. he did um, Follow the Sun by Xavier Rudd. And mm. he, so he'd done some big folk artists before. Yeah. So yeah, it was so nice to have someone with experience to um, – to just just guide us the yeah. right way. I feel like you need mentors in life, no matter whether it's in business, personal life, so many different adventures. I feel like mentors are amazing to they have. They are. And yeah, man, whether it be family or, or people who are in the industry you're in or anything like that, it's so important to have someone to go to and be like, hey, what the fuck do I do here? Yeah. Like I'm so lost for, for what to do. Yeah. It's so important. There. So I remember when I first started working <clears throat> in the men's life industry, my boss at the time, Luckily, he was just like, I want to take you under my wing. And he mentored me for like a year and a half straight. Yeah. And after I left um, that job, like I was just ready to take on yeah. um, my um, career then. Yeah. Because like straight away, I was under his wing and he just taught me a lot. Because in this line of work, you can burn out easy if you don't yeah. look after yourself. Yep. So it was really good just to have that mentor and just, you know, look up to him and have someone to talk to and debrief with. And it was amazing. Definitely, man. Like, and, and someone you can learn off. And as we said before, you know, you can learn from their mistakes. Yeah. They can be just like... Yeah, I think, as you said, a mentor is the most important thing, I think, in life to have. And a couple of different ones. Yeah, You know, like don't just have one person <laughs> to go to, you know, yeah. branch out. But, yeah, I think it's important to, to learn from everyone you come across. Yeah, it's always a lesson. Student of life. Yeah. That's what I am. Definitely, man. Yeah. I think that's that's such a cool thing. 100%. Do you, do you have, like, a top five? Is it hard to, like, because when I try and think of a top five artists that I'm into, mm -hmm. I find it so hard to narrow down the five. Oh. I, always, I always edge out to, like, nine. Yeah, so like <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm the same. I don't know. I think, for me, Ben Howard, um, he was, like, he was someone who shaped my guitar playing because he was such a freak. Um, John Butler, definitely, because he, he was a – he's – Lives in Fremantle, um, but I'm pretty sure he's born in America or something like that. Yeah. But um, his guitar playing is phenomenal. And my stepdad, um, every time he'd have his mates around, John Butler has this song called Ocean. And it's just an instrumental on the guitar. And yeah. he'd be have a few beers and he'd I'd be in bed and he'd come up and be like, Zane, come play Ocean for the boys. So he John Butler's um, definitely been a huge part. And it's pretty cool because uh, I actually met him like three days ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, and just sort of expressed to him that, you know, he was a big part of – you know, our sound and, and a part of me learning guitar was because I wanted to play like John Butler. So, yeah, it was um, it was pretty cool to meet him. I was I, I hadn't really been starstruck before, um, but I was sort of just like standing there like, what the fuck? What do I say to this guy? <laughs> <laughs> He's someone who shaped my whole sound and, and, yeah, taught me really how to play guitar. Yeah, well. But, yeah, so I don't know. There's Ben Howard and John Butler are probably the, the, the two biggest, especially when I was younger. Yeah. Um, but now, I don't know, I listen to so much different music, mm. like a lot of – you know, I love the Growlers. They're yeah. like a, um, yeah, surf surf rock. And then I've got Sam Fender. He's he's fantastic and still always Ben Howard. Yeah, I always nice. sort of resort back to him. And then and then I've just got like the weird side as well because I love grime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I like, like a lot of rap and stuff yeah. as well. It's just like a mixed bag when you get in the car with me. You just don't yeah. know what to expect. Just shuffle. <laughs> yeah, literally just put it on shuffle. Well, after, when I was, after the podcast, I'll show you this Tory Lanez album. Yeah. I'll just show you like the 80s album. It's yeah. just amazing sound. Oh, man, it's just... Oh, it's good cruising on the highway too. 100%. And I'm always into, you know, I love when people show me new artists because I'm yeah. so over. We do a lot of, you know, road trips, driving to gigs and stuff. And so you get so sick of listening to the same music. So, yeah, yeah I love it when, when people just like reach out and be like, oh, listen to this guy. You'll like him. Yeah. Cause that's pretty cool. That's like me and Bill because me and them are just like, like I'm pretty like, I love music so much because yeah. like I'll sit at home and like, probably, I wouldn't say every night, every second night probably – 
I watch like reviews of albums and I'm breakdowns, and I just watch every single breakdown yeah. of each album. I'm just like so like I invest like two hours a night into yeah. this stuff, but no. I just love it. Eh? I love music. I'm the exact same, and um, if if I'm into an artist, I'll watch every single interview they do. Yeah, and I'm just like I get so obsessive. It's really, <laughs> it's really quite weird, actually. But yeah, it's um, and it's it's helped me a lot. You know, not even just playing music, but just having a song to put on and cry to, or yeah, you know, you come across a song, um. That, that helps you through a, a certain situation you sort of just grab onto and you'll listen to it 400 times yeah. and then you won't hear it for six months and then you'll you'll hear it again and you're like oh fuck remember that like, that's me with bubbly yeah Colby. <laughs> every that's time better. i see yeah. you <laughs> that's fantastic that song comes on i'm doing cartwheels yeah. <laughs> 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 just frothing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's the power of music definitely it's beautiful, and, it's, man. and it's it's cool to sort of be you know we have people come up to us and they're like oh we we walked down the aisle to your song or wow you know we We've had people come up to us be like, "Oh, we played this song at my brother's funeral," you know, like, and it's it's cool to to be that you know lending hand for yeah. for people to feel, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. It's and a lot of the time, you know, we'll be like, "Fuck, are we wasting our time?" Yeah, well, you know, like obviously through COVID was super hard, um, and we we're sort of wondering whether what we were doing was right mm. and what we were doing was sustainable for you know twenty odd years. Yeah, um, but it's times like that when people come up and like, "Hey." People do it to my mum. Mum will be at our gig and they'll be like, you his mum? And she'll be like, yeah. And they'll be like, oh, we, we use this song for that. Or, you know, and she loves it. And she's like, you know, that's that's why you're doing it. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Have you played at any weddings before? <laughs> we did. We did yeah. um, We did one and that was it for us. Yeah. It's just chaos, man. It's like we've done one birthday party as well. And, yeah, it's – um. It, people always ask us to play. Mm. But for us, we just sort of focus primarily on ticketed shows and – yeah. And yeah, getting getting out there as much as possible. Yeah, especially when you're in, especially playing a setting like that too, you probably want to be in your own space, your own bubble 100%. while doing it. Yeah, and that's the thing, like a lot of the time, you know, if you play a wedding, you, you're sitting. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a hard one. It's They're great. Like we've we've done our hard yards of, of cover gigs and stuff and having microphones smashed into our yeah. teeth, you know, and that kind of thing. So now it's kind of nice just to, yeah, just focus super hard on, on ticketed shows and yeah. – Especially yeah. that's the future of the dregs now is like yeah. going to play shows. Well, that's and stuff. the thing, man. We're, Getting we're, those reps, and we just we just want to be a um, an originals artist. That's what we want to be known for, and, and it's sort of getting to that point now, which is super nice. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. we're lucky. Yeah, I love it. Mm, I appreciate you coming on, brother. Do you have any last words for any of your listeners or my listeners or in general? Oh man, I'm just going to say thanks to you. Yeah, thank um, you. I think what you're doing is great, and um, I appreciate you for having me. Oh no, thank you for coming on, brother. It's um, a pleasure. Now, I've known you for years from yeah. school and watching your growth and seeing where you are now, brother. Like, it's amazing. Like, you deserve everything you're getting. I appreciate it, man. Cheers for having me. Thank you. And um, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening to the One Talk podcast. I'll link. Oh, yeah. Do you want to say where everyone can find you? No, I'll link oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, where I'll, I'll post it all over my socials, but um, but I'll post it on the dregs as well. You can find us on, on Instagram and yeah. Spotify and <laughs> Facebook and all the fun stuff. Um, but yeah yeah wicked I'll um, chuckle on the bio so thank you all for listening and um, take care bye